All right. Good afternoon and happy Tuesday. Or actually Wednesday if you're tuning in to the show live. This is the Desiree Show. First downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 22nd day of May. And today in studio, I am excited to welcome BYU alum, former cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. He's an MC. He's a stand-up comic. A man with an MS in PE and exercise and sports science. He's got a BA in media production. He's also got a music background, a book in the works, and a son who's also playing in the NFL for the Dolphins. Uh, and there's a, there's more things to add to that, but we're going to start off with a huge warm welcome to Time McIntyre. Oh, McIntyre. McTyre, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, thank you for having me today. Yeah, thanks so much for making the time. You know, appreciate it. It's just such an honor. Um, I'm always touched and really honored and thankful uh, for people coming into the studio because I know it does take away from your schedule and Los Angeles traffic is not always cooperative. Is that a nice way to put it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Not cooperative at all. <laughs> so now we started off with a little music there, but what would your walkout song be? Tupac. Hail <laughs> Mary. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Damn, I should have asked you before. <laughs> we talked good. a little PE and we talked a little music on the phone the other day. Um, BYU. Okay, so we're gonna, I'm going to flop around okay. a little bit here. B- BYU, um, Mormon school yes. um, in Provo, Utah. Los Angeles boy from uh, L.A. Uh, Washington Prep. Yes. Goes to Provo. How, I mean, we're going to go into a little bit more detail on beforehand, but how did that happen? How did that transpire? Well, out of junior college, um, BYU was recruiting me. Uh, they had a recruiter, uh, DB coach, Dwayne Walker. Um, he was a UCLA uh, defensive coordinator for a while with uh, Darrell. Um, he came down to Los Angeles and um, asked me, was I interested? Um, what really made me decide to really take the trip and the recruiting trip was my junior college coach, uh, Henry Washington, um, told me to go see for myself and uh, see if all of the rumors were true or whatnot about the the religion, the city, the people. Um, three-two beer? Sorry, uh, isn't it three-two beer? Three-two beer, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so I did and, um, you know, I love the city, I love the people, I love the opportunity and, um, you know, they also had the TV schedule for the two years that I would be there, which, you know, was constant ESPN or ABC. So that kind of made it easy choice for me running from Los Angeles. Right. Well, you step in there and Lavelle Edwards is your coach. Right. Um, he's, you know, you guys go 14 and one in your senior year. You guys are whack for 95 and 96. You're the whack champions. Um, it's an insane program going on. When you get there, I mean the four years. I'm assuming two years. Two I, years. I spent, pardon me. Two, yeah. Okay, so it was 95 and 96. So I was 95, correct. 96. Okay. Yes, I spent two years at a junior college first. Um, so 90 and WAC titles. Yes, that's huge. So, so when we when I got there in 95, we were okay. We didn't have some of the key pieces that we got when I was a senior going into my senior year. Uh, we were 74, like you said, we were WAC champions, but that was the first time in a while BYU didn't make a bowl game. And Cotton Bowl champs in 96. 96 was the Cotton Bowl year. You know, we as seniors, we we added a lot of speed. Um, Texas, Los Angeles, California. You know, we added a lot of uh, culture to the squad and a lot of help. Um, and we, we changed the program around, and we dedicated ourselves to the weight room, to each other, and uh, knowing we had a rough road. Uh, ahead of us 
We had a gruesome schedule. No one has played. No one had played 15 games yet. That was the first year first as well year. that that started for you guys, right? Too. So we ended up breaking that record. We won 14 games. No one has ever won 14 games, um, and we won the Cotton Bowl, which we should have been in a higher bowl. We were ranked fifth, and we were playing rank 15, 16 Kansas State. So it was kind of disrespectful. Okay, well, yeah, and then the NCAA and <laughs> right. the BCS have a few uh, issues. Yes. We won't go into too, right. super detail there, but <laughs> it, that, that could take I'm a while. with you. Well, I, I'm a, I think they're, they're uh, SEC alums. The SEC alums? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah. theory. And that, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Uh, also, the AD, the guy who wanted the AD job at USC didn't get it. Okay. And Pat Hayden got it. No. And afterwards, there was some quite a few repercussions for USC. Now, I don't know if there's any coincidences oh, there or not. Right. And there's a lot of ties in the BYU and USC. Uh, you know, all of those USC coaches during the Reggie Bush era mm-hmm. were uh, Norm Chow, Steve Sarkeesian, which was uh, my quarterback friend. Uh, Norm Chow was our offensive coordinator. So they took a lot of style. Um, our 14 in one year was USC, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, uh, the tight ends, the receivers, the whole thing was BYU. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. I mean, and that was a that was a special time at SC. Yes, it was. Um, special time in football. Special time in football. A lot of uh, <clears throat> great athletes came out of there. Yeah, and you know, and I want to talk to you about that as well. With like, with things, things have shifted. You know, obviously, in the last twenty totally. years, last ten years, a lot of shifts have happened yes. in football, in sports, and in kids. Yes. Um, you've had the opportunity to have some amazing coaches. You know, I kind of looked to. Obviously, um, Lavelle Edwards, yeah. huge. Um, going onward, you at uh, with the Eagles. Yes, you had Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes, who was of of the of the coaching tree, right. with. And my brain just froze. Um, oh my! With Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, and he had five Super Bowl rings right. with two different coaches. Three with Bill. Right. Um, there was something really special with that Bill Walsh. Yes, entire staff team the entire organization when bill walsh was there so i have to think i mean you've had some special coaches i have i have uh and that started junior college um you know not to take away from a pop warner and my high school coaches or anything but once i got into junior college the uh the mentality started to be um solidified it was okay to think the way i was and then like you said lavelle i went from lavelle uh my preseason in the Colts, uh, Jim Johnson. Yeah, I was uh, going to say Jim, Jim Johnson. Johnson was great. Uh, then going on to uh, um, Ray Rhodes and Emmett Thomas, which both uh, you know coached Ronnie Lott, which was my, my that's the goal for me. Him and Dion. Um, I thought I was both of them combined. <laughs> Does Dion know that? Have you? Um, <laughs> you know, I I, I I I did talk to Dion one time in a game, and uh, it was a great conversation. Someone was injured on the play. And uh, we had a little moment on TV that everybody saw us conversating. And the conversation was, what did I say? And I told Dion I was going to bust his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I told my mom that and uh, knowing that he was my idol and everything. And, um, you know, he kind of laughed. He laughed at me. He was like, oh, yeah, you told moms you was, you know, you was going to bust prime like me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what I told her. And, um, you know, it was great to have that conversation for him to be so humble um, to even listen to me and stand by me for a while to, to even have that conversation. So I have a lot of conversations for Hall of Famers. Um, sat on a plane with um, 
Ronnie Lott actually for about three to four hours. Our flight was delayed. Uh, you know, he came through the running, calling me after I met him through the airport. Tim, and I look back, Ronnie Lott's chasing me, trying to slow me down. I was like, wow. <laughs> and we so happened to sit on the plane together next to each other. So that conversation went on a while. Um, you know, after Philly, um, I had a lot of great special teams coaches as well. Uh, they all went on to John Harbaugh was one of my special teams coach. Uh, Ken Wisenhunt was one of them. Great, um, guy. great guys and great guys, taught me a lot of that. And uh, as I got towards uh, Cleveland, um, Romeo Cornell was one of the guys I liked. Um, you know, before Romeo, we had Bob Sloyd. I learned a lot from Bob Sloyd. Um, that was my political team, which I started to learn the politics of sports and what was going on around me and uh, the possibilities. And, you know, they happened. You know, that was my ending stop was Cleveland. Well, and you came into Cleveland, like this is their 48th season, but it was the second season of the new Browns. First. First, first pardon second, me, the right. first of the new Browns. Right. Um, a, a crazy it was, time. It, 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 it was totally crazy. Um, you know, it, it was a moment where my exit uh, from from Philly, we had a meeting, and um, the plans out that was told, you know, uh, uh, Zordich was retiring. Uh, it was gonna the plans were to move Brian Dawkins to strong. I was gonna ask about Brian Dawkins. Me to free. Uh, we still had Bobby Taylor. We still had Al Harris. We we had uh, Troy Vincent. Um, so we were loaded, but Cleveland came back, and each team had to put a number in the pool of quality talent. And uh, if you didn't get chose, you would come back. If you had chose, you got chose. And that was the expansion draft. And not being drafted the first time, I kind of disrespected the expansion draft. Uh, I didn't know I got drafted or picked. <laughs> and my agent called me and uh, he was like, congratulations, Cleveland just took you the 11th pick. And I was like, shit, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I mean, you know, like, whoa, I don't know. Because you're used to what you're at, where you're at. Can right, and I was used to where I was at. But again, I knew I was in the pool but I didn't pay attention to the to, to the things that were surrounding the, the, the game at the time. Like I said, it was another draft. I didn't even watch it or see what they said about me. And when he said that, I was like, so what does that mean? Was I the last 11th pick? Or he was like, no, they got 60 more picks. Like, I'm, oh, okay, we own. You know, it was a difference. And, um, you know, it, it, Cleveland's a long story. It's a long, it's a long story. Well, Cleveland, and Cleveland has a lot of history. It has a lot of history, a lot of history. You know, you know and then we go back to Bill Walsh. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, you know. And, I mean. and those guys were into that loop. Uh, Dwight Clark, um, all of those guys were in Cleveland. The whole 49er staff was pretty much Cleveland uh, GMs and coaches. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was fun. It was really fun. Okay, now I'm going to backtrack a little here. You mentioned, you know, Deion Sanders and Ronnie Lott. I loved Ronnie Lott. I remember watching him play when he was at USC. Right. Um, we used to say Ronnie, Ronnie Lott drops a lot because they put him on special teams right. back then, and he would sometimes, the ball would go through his arms. <laughs> say that out loud. I love Ronnie Lott, right. you know. Um, but that moment on the field, playing the Cowboys as an NFL player, on the field, talking to your childhood hero, or yes. what? Can you kind of walk us through that emotion, or what was that like? Uh, you know, it was. I always took the opportunity to talk to guys that I, I grew up watching uh, in that era: the Lawrence Taylors, the Deion Sanders, the Ronnie Lott. That was the era I found football, and um, 
So each opportunity I had, I, I had a chance to talk to those guys. And, you know, they were humble mainly because I was in the circle. And um, just being humble enough to go and speak to them as well, opposed to being too good. And, you know, just to hear the wisdom, anything they said, I would soak it up. You know, it was never to a point to where, yeah, I know, yeah, you know, for sure, I know, I got you. It was always, okay, 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 okay. And, you know, I've talked to a, a lot of Hall of Famers, and I've been able to play against a lot of them. Um, you know, the Jeff Georges, uh, Troy Aikman, um, you know, Randall Cunningham. It, it, I was in a different era, half of being able to play with the Hall of Famers and then being in my own era and then having a son. You know, it, it just kind of put me in a triangle of, how to talk to the young people, how to react to the, you know, the, the wise veterans. And to honor and respect And to those. honor and respect yeah. the game. And, you know, I think a lot of it for me was because I reminded them of them being in such a small body. And I played like Ronnie Lott in such a small frame. And I thought I was Deion Sanders, uh, you know, in such a slow frame. <laughs> so I kind of just, I, it was a matrix for me growing up. If I saw it, I can do it or thought I could do it. And that was the era which I was seeing guys totally try to knock your head off. <laughs> the game was much different. I mean, this was still stickum yes. time, right? This, this was still t I'm marking my territory time. Yeah. I can get away with it, and I can tell you I was going to do something and actually do it. And and that was a I'm a knock you out era. You know, keep talking, I'm a knock you out, and I was physically able to do that. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Tim McTire. You can follow him on Instagram and on Twitter at the same handle. Yes, Tim McTire. That's T-I-M-M-C-T-Y-E-R. Okay. I was going to spell it for you, but I'm, it's so much nicer when you spell it yourself. <laughs> I love it. Um, you just best follow him as well. Uh, now, um, gosh, okay, so I'm, I'm all over the place because I there are so many different things. I, I'm always, I'm such a football dork. I, I mean, I'm and I love people, so right. I, I want to know... You know, it's it's just exciting. Growing up, you mentioned Ronnie, you mentioned um, uh, and Dion. Now, you grew up in Los Angeles. Did you get to watch Ronnie play, or did you watch him on TV when he was at USC? Yeah, I, I watched. Or more so when he was with uh, the Niners. More so pro football. That was when I got into, you know, the ESPN had the football follies and the uh, the all-time 50th hardest hitters. And um, so between that, that sparked my interest to watch more. And then those guys start to stand out to me um, because of what they, what they was doing at the time. They were two totally different kind of uh, people. Dion was a a ball hawk and Ronnie Lott was a, was a killer. And um, like I said, being that I thought I had a little finesse in me, which was the Dion in the prime time and, you know, having the mentality that I had, I kind of mixed them both playing corner and then going to the Eagles. I played corner, strong safety, free safety, nickelback and all of the special teams. So I was a garbage guy. A garbage guy. A garbage guy is someone that, has to do it all regardless to what you are you you have to be there all the time and that was my role as a uh, a free agent you know you kind of have to do all of the work each week for me was a game um you know being on special teams uh the practice squad going against uh the first group all the time it was a challenge for me i look forward to it and that's how i consequently got on the field um as a as a gunner and beginning my special teams reign 
Um, every day I was going against Brian Dawkins and Troy Vincent. Um, and I was, I was doing okay and holding my own. I don't want to say I was beating those guys up, but I held my own enough to be activated. And from there, you know, um, some injuries as usual, uh, Bobby Taylor got hurt two consecutive years, mm. which propelled me into the start nickel spot. Um, and it happened. The next man up. Next man up, and it happens. You know, it's hard. I think uh, as an athlete myself as well, just the injury part. And I played individual sports primarily, um, or can you know it? But your heart hurts. Yeah. Not the physical pain. Yeah. It's like your heart hurts because you can't do your passion. Right. Um, and, uh, now has that happened for you in your career? Yes. That's what fueled my career was that, you know, not being able to do what everyone else is doing. Um, you know, growing up in LA, we're, we're really athletic here, um, where we go both ways a lot, where we're playing multiple positions, one on offense, one on defense and some certain, some instances, some coaches figured I was really good on defense and didn't want to have me on offense. And, you know, that kind of fueled me to a point to where it wasn't fair, you know, and it was also down in my offensive skills. Like, And, um, you know, my off, I was a real good running back. Okay, um, I was going to add running back or a slot receiver. I mean, physique uh, well, only as I'm looking. Physique only in a new era, I was a slot. Okay, that's, yeah. You okay. know, the real shifty slot. But, um, again, my mentality when I saw the Ronnie Lots, I also saw the uh, O.J. Right. Simpsons, the uh, Eric Dickerson's. Thought I was Marcus Allen. One year I wore thirty-two as a. I always wore thirty-two. I wore thirty-two. <laughs> That's why um, I was a running back. Right. So, so those guys, I really thought Charles I was a, White, Charles Ricky White, Bell. all of the older guys. The uh, one, one of my favorites, which I don't think is nobody's favorite, is Jamie Morris. You know the Giants. So I was a Giants. I was an NFC East fan. Born in Los Angeles. Born in Los Angeles. And an NFC East fan. That's where all the guys and all the toughness was. The Giants, the Redskins, the Eagles. The, uh, Cowboys, you know, that is the, you know, conference. That's where the tough guys were. And, you know, I wanted to go there. I do have an Eagles tattoo that I had. I, well, I was going to say, and then you go, you, and you end up going and, end up going and playing for the Eagles. Yeah. So a lot of it is faith for me, you know, if I, if, and I'm not really a religious guy, um, but a lot of it is, is just being in the right places at the right time and putting in the work and continuing with, with the dream, which was never a dream I wanted to be an entertainer. Okay, and that was, I was going to ask you. So you wanted to be an entertainer. This was not a vision you had, you know, I was going to say right. when Pop Warner or you wanted yeah. to be the next Ronnie Lott or the next right. Deion Sanders. But no, you wanted to be. Yeah, I wanted to be Michael Jackson first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and too bad we're not videoing. We'd have you dance right, right now. No. <laughs> right. I really I really wanted to be Michael Jackson for a while. And See, uh, now I could have started with a Michael Jackson song right. for you too, then, right? <laughs> and, um. <laughs> I got into some, you know, I was, I'm a real old school guy. Like, I like a lot of old things, old music, R&B. I don't really listen to rap, although I rap. And, but I really wanted to be a dancer and thought I was an entertainer and somebody funny. And so that was always my entertainment side. And during football, I stayed joking. Like, even in some situations, if I wasn't totally pissed off, I was joking or just playing the game. So, you know, at the end, I ended up doing comedy. You think that's maybe a reason as well why you ended up being playing in these locker rooms too? I mean, because it is—it's yeah. all—it's everything. It's yeah, in the it's locker everything. room. It's on the field. It's it off is. the field. Um, you need that positive. You do. You uh, do. in the locker room. You, you do, and um, you know sometimes it's 
it's a habit. You know, if you say something, sometimes you you can let it slide. I, you know, I just couldn't take it. You know, you you left that one wide open, and I'm I'll take it. Yeah. I'll jump in there um, and just lighten the mode, and you know, make you know to let the guys know that everything is all cool. It's not as serious as you guys may think it is, and just to lighten the moods up. And that continued on. That's pretty sick. So now, but how, then how does an, an entertainer, someone who wants to be an entertainer, end up playing in the NFL, which is extremely difficult to land on a team, period. To play in the NFL is a huge honor. To play college football right. uh, is big. To play in the NFL is another thing. How, how does that, how did that happen? I mean, that's not easy. Well, it's just continuing to stay in what you're doing. Um, like I said, it, that wasn't my dream. Um, I wanted to do it strictly to hurt people and do what Ronnie Lott was doing and get the oohs and the ahs. That's what got me initially. But, you know, just going through school and continuing to play a little bit outside and seeing my – I had two cousins that originally showed me that, going to their practices, and they were younger going to their practices and watching their older cousin play. I got that whole experience. And once I heard the oohs and the ahs of what the older cousin was doing, I was sold. So I asked my mom to sign me up for football, and she did. And just continuing to play, you know, going through high school, it's just it's an intramural sport and just continuing to play. But what thrived me was always continuing to prove guys wrong. You're too big? Okay, I'm going to get you and show you you're not too big. Your dad's at practice. I'm getting you because my dad ain't at practice. Um, I had to walk to practice. You got a ride. I'm getting you. <laughs> like everything was a chip on my shoulder, and it was a way of releasing my anger that I had just growing up, just living in a bad neighborhood, looking on TV and seeing the differences in the world. Like that fueled me. The, the unfairness of a coach towards another kid, you know, that always fueled me. And I was always able to build chips on my shoulders for nothing. If you said hi to me wrong, I'm getting you. Like, you know, that was just who I was, but at the same time, jokingly. And, you know, just going through when I was in high school, I didn't pass the SAT, and, um, you know, it really didn't bother me like that. And I had a couple junior colleges approach me, and I went to the one that was closer. Um, just went there, and my first year, I was a tailback at about 120, 130. Right. Wow. Wow. And you found I, the eye. You were tiny. Yeah, I, mean, I, that's... I, was, I was thin. I was real thin. But my play made everyone think I was bigger than what I was most of the time. And uh, my, my freshman year, um, consequently got into it with a coach, and um, I ended up quitting um, for a couple of days. And uh, talking to the head coach, I switched over to the defensive side. And, again, you know, throughout certain ways of life, we had a true freshman and he was amazing to me, you know, offense, defense. He was freshman of the year. But he got in trouble school-wise and with his dad, and he couldn't play that week, consequently. So I ended up starting safety, and I never came out after that. And my play throughout that, that next year, my sophomore year, landed me uh, some offers from SC. Uh, Charles White recruited me, came up to my school uh, by himself, and stood at the goalpost and watched me practice. Um, wrote me a hand letter and everything. I still had, I should have brought that. Uh, but then Purdue, BYU, Wyoming, San Diego State. And I took the trip to Purdue. Um, I didn't like the distance. That was my first time what? ever flying. Oh, 
and it, I had a layover. So I didn't leave LA till 6 a.m. I got to Indiana about 10 o'clock at night. Couldn't do it. Then I went to BYU trip, and I, you know, I liked that trip. It was close. I saw the TV schedule, the people. It was the total opposite of Los Angeles at the time, you know, going through the riots and the OJ thing and the police. Um, everything was so heightened. Um, I just wanted to leave. Purdue was more like LA than you would expect. Um, the environment, the recruiting time. So BYU was, it was heaven compared to where I came from. And I got there and I didn't see a police for the first six months. <laughs> you know, the old LA was thinking of me, I mean, I can bring my boys up here. <laughs> I was like, you know what, stop. You know, but that was the sarcastic me, just telling everybody how it was. Like, man, I can call y'all. We can come up here. We can get home before they even find out. But um, just staying on the right path. Uh, not to say I was a saint. Um, I got into my fair share of trouble. Um, but just staying on path and uh, continuing to grind and doing what I do, my niche was hitting. And that's what got me over If And today, if, if me growing up was the same as our sport and our culture is today, I don't know if I would have made it because I would have been a target every week um, of flags and being suspended, targeting, and I might be even called dirty, um, which, which you know, I'm not, I was never a dirty person, although I would admit to trying to hurt you. And, you know, that's what. The mentality That's what different. the mentality is. We, I mean, it was different. Yeah. I was, you know, I wanted to ask, the you know, there's pros and cons and everything. And so it has gotten soft. Yes. Um, a great word. It is, uh, <laughs> Um, I can't stand quarterback-driven league. Um, right. I'm a fan of physical running games. But right. you got to do both. Yes. you got to do both. Um, and it's completely taken out a DB's position, yes. essentially. It's made wide receivers. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just shifted. For some positives, however, yes. uh, for longevity, yes. how much more can they do? I mean, before they really mar it. You know, I mean, and that's a loaded question. I mean, it it it, it is, but it's 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 very um, it's answerable. Um, they are taking the right steps um, for the optics and for some of the um, the reasons that it could be, but there's still some loopholes in it. Um, myself personally, I think they should stop cut blocking altogether. Um, it, Shouldn't it, that be out already? Uh, well, they stop chop blocking, which is chop blocking, a, yes, yeah, which, which is, is a different thing, and. Um, I think all together, everybody should stay up. Um, you know, um, chip play. Yeah, I mean, chip play. You got. You can't take the chip it's, play. Out. It's, it's, it's <laughs> That's a, a good one. You got to make it fair, though. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's a difference because cut block. They can cut. They can cut you anytime. Like you can be three, forty yards downfield and get cut block. And it's 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 offensive game now. Uh, you can't touch anyone. You can't. You can't do anything. You can't anything. touch the quarterback you by any means. can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch a receiver. can't touch a receiver. You, you know, you can't you touch. You can't even receiver. do a kickoff. I mean, you right. can't even. I mean, that's just. Uh, so it's going to be the Pro Bowl in a couple of years. It's, <laughs> that's what football is. And your friend Deion Sanders will be out there. With, no. <laughs> right. No. Um, it's got to preserve. It's, a, it's, it's such a weird time because there's so much education and so much awareness of, you know, the head injuries. Yes. And people reluctant to have their kids now even play football. Right. Um, they're more gearing them to play flag football, sadly. Yeah. But yet on the flip side, then we've got, 
it's like it's a crazy it's a crazy spread right now because on the other side you've got you know, I worked five years on a TV show that catered to high school football. Mm-hmm. Um, and we covered all the football in the area, in San Diego. Okay. Um, a lot of great programs come out of San Diego and North County. But there would be parents bitching and moaning that their, their team or their kid didn't get enough Playing highlights. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're, it's high school. <laughs> they lost. Right. A highlight is not a low light. Mm-hmm. The kids are getting love. I mean, it was, it's a weird, it's a weird. It's spoiled. It's spoiled. Everyone, you have to, you have to cater to everyone. Um, you know, there's, there's this language and there's this language. Um, but we have to switch this language in order to cater to the, the spoiled kids. And it's about the showmanship now. And everybody wants to party and dance and be given some things. And it shouldn't be that way, um, you know. And then you got the NCAA taking away things. I mean, I mean, it's, it's It's, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's political and it's, it's money driven. Um, and it's, it's, it's a social world to where everything coincides because you have one group, which is the players who want the notoriety. Then you have on the other hand, the sponsors and the the teams and the, the programs that want that notoriety for the school as well. So they come together and they use each other. And it's okay because that's what's allowed. And now, you know, you got these pictures on social media. You know, I got five offers. Now, you know, you used to get a letter when you get an offer. Now when you get an offer or you take a trip, you got full pictures of yourself in the uniform. (laughs) You know, it's like you don't know the outcome. And, yes, we know that you may not come here, but we also know that with this picture of you in our uniform, you're going to take and plaster all over social media, which gives our logo and our brand some Great love. recruiting. Yeah, right. it's a good it's, recruiting. It's, it's self-recruiting, yes. So it, it, it's all over the place, and um, it's not really about the game anymore or, you know, the technical side. I didn't know the game when I played. I was see ball, get ball, knew my responsibility. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were taught, see ball, get ball. I mean – you know, and that was one of the mantras. Now it's so it's so difficult being into the coaching uh, aspect of how they relaying the message and the terminology to get them to understand the situations that's going. On. I didn't know any of that, so I understand now when I when I see a game and I understand how the coaches are calling the plays or how the kids are playing to to a point to where I know what you were thinking because of the position you were in, and it's the science of it. And I honestly think, in, uh, you know, everybody would admit that the game is changing and it's changed. No one can answer what has changed outside of the rules. What's changed to me is the, the, the timing of the sport with so many big athletic guys coming out. The four and five step drop is going to be eliminated eventually. You can run it if you're up and winning because that's taking a chance but you don't have that time anymore to sit back and go four to five step drops. And every time I watch in football, I count to three. It's a habit. Mm-hmm. No, you got to get rid of the ball. It's a, you if can't you do it. not get rid of the ball, I, I got three things that guarantee you we're going to see happen. He's going to be running for his life. <laughs> He's going to be on the ground, <laughs> smelling grass, <laughs> eating grass. Or some kind of trick play. So it's it's interesting to see the science. But then of you it. can see the play. I mean, you, can, you, you see the play developing. You You're like, oh, it's it. going to be a draw play, right. or it's going to be, or it's a delayed draw, or I mean, you. 
I can see, um, you know, plays develop. Right. You can see how everyone's see lined them. up. Yeah. I mean, right. for the most part, there right. are deceptions, obviously, which everyone does as well. Right. Now, if you, if you, where I'm at today, I understand what you just said. Like, empty is empty. Two, four wides is four wides. It's never going to change. Now, yeah. what has changed is it used to be nine routes on a route tree. Now it's 12 and 13 because the Jerry Rice's who taught us at the top of your route, you have to give a head fake before you go the opposite way. With these kids, they're actually changing the route, adding another number to make them do that head fake at the top. So now a seven route is nine so that you put that head fake in it at the end when a nine used to be a streak. So it, it, it's really, it's an unbalance into a point to where you're not forcing some of the kids to learn and then we're asking some of the kids to learn too much. Okay, I'm going to ask because I, um, KB, um, Belt. Keith Belton. Yes. I believe he coached your son. He did. At UN okay, I texted him, but I didn't hear back. Um, we talked, yeah, obviously he was a fullback. And it's a, was he? Yeah, and that's, that was a fullback running back. I love a fullback, and it's something that I feel is going to be Absolutely. coming back again. Because it's been a while. It's been removed from the game. Yes. Um, and I feel like that role, and, you know, it's been in, incorporated into, like, these hybrid tight ends. Right. Or, like, a physical back. Right. Uh, but it's still not a full back. Still not a full back. He's not or in front back, of the tailback. Or a flanking back. back. Right. You know, it's just a, it's it, the shift of, of the role. And, and then you see the physique as well of some of the guys coming out and saying they're a full back and yet they're, you know, they're 160. Right. And, I mean, they're they're not of the... Which doesn't, that's, I guess I'm. It's an old school size. Yeah, uh, but I, there's something to it. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an era of offenses, which is taking over. The spread offense, the read option offense is taking over where they don't use a lot of the, foot, uh, the fullbacks a lot in a traditional. The linemen will use yes. it or, or even a tight end. Right, and, and, and if they do, it's more of a goal line situation if, if a fullback comes in. Um, but it's really geared towards just a single back. Um, even the tight ends are almost about the same as the fullback to where they just have a couple groupings where they're in and they're out. Um, but when you get a lot of the spread formations and things, that fullback is kind of obsolete. And it's an era thing where you have so many coaches moving up into the rankings and studying what works, and they take that on. Um, and it's really not their scheme. It's just what works in society. It's weird, though, because you cannot – I don't care how many times you want to freaking throw the ball. You've got to be able to run the ball. You There's do. You cannot be productive doing one or the other. You have to have a balance. Yes. Uh, I mean, and that's common sense. It is but yet sense. I don't, but I continually see that it is not done on the field. Right. Or it's 70-30. Yeah, you... Um I have what I called, uh, there's certain type of coaches. You have a pass first coach, you have a run first coach. Um, and those guys do there different very things. very few yes. run first coaches. Well, it depends on the back you it, have as well. It depends well. on the back. It depends <clears throat> on. Uh, Steelers have the out opportunity. Yes. I mean, still, you know, there's quite a few phenomenal backs that have. A that. lot of the older guys are still traditional to the pro set and still will use the tailback and, you know, run some traditional plays. And that depends on their tree what they came from. Um, you know, if you get someone to steal in the, uh, the Walsh era, you know, you may even still see split back, you know? So 
it just depends. And the era is switching to the carousel of coaches. The, the older coaches are trying to leave, and then you have the other coaches coming up, bringing the younger style of offense, which is not traditional pro-style offense. It's the spread offense. So that's the circle that's coming around. And defensively, you have those guys who are learning to um, cover and be able to play the read option. So they're running a whole set. So it's it's a match game, and it's it's spread option versus spread option defense. So it's really different right now. And you can see the weaknesses of the defense, and you can see the weaknesses of the offense. Yeah, very true. And, you know, you're, well, as you were speaking, I'm thinking that's the Rams. You know, they have Sean McVay. Right. Who is on the offensive side, right. obviously, the head coach. And then you've got Wade Phillips. Yes. Old school. Old school. Um, I like the Rams right now, too. You know, and I'm wondering if that balance of new, you, young, yes. and old school history. Well, both have history, right. obviously, because McVay's uh, uh, grandfather was with the Niners, too. Really? Uh, family member, yes, okay. was with the Bill Walsh era. Interesting. I want to say he was GM. Okay. Uh, or some, he had some role, and I'm sorry. I, I, you know, that came just kind of floating out of my head. Um, exciting. Uh, do you prefer, however, I'm always a fan of a defensive-minded head coach. Yes. I mean, that's, like, I mean, obviously, I, you're, you're a, a defensive I'm, I'm player. I'm a defensive-minded coach. But so. I like, I love the way I'm really a fan of that. I mean, Pete Carroll. Right. Um, it sets the tone. Um, you know, when you're defensive, it's, it's almost ha like having a big brother uh, opposed to going in and offensively. Um, you know, it really sets the tone. It shows where um, the emphasis is. You know, that it doesn't mean that you, you have to have a, a slow or a whack offense. It just means we're defensive-minded first, which is always sets the tone. You want to set the tone and be a dictator uh, defensively. So I believe that's most of the case in in in, in those situations. You know, um, Steelers are are one of them. Yeah. Um, Lovey Smith was one of them for a while. Ray Rhodes was one of them for a while. Um, Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell as well. Um, and you know they 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 have similarities and they have differences at the same time. But I do like a defensive minded head coach. I'm I'm a fan of them. Uh, okay, so I just got a text from uh, KB. Uh, okay. Just said, "Tell him, tell Coach McTire, hello." Right, what's <laughs> so, up, KB? So he's gonna send me some stuff, and I, I have something else to share with you. Um, Tim is an electric person who has taken his playmaker ability in the game of football and taken it to all areas of his life, from comedy to camps for kids. Okay, Dr. Jen Welter. Dr. Jen, you know um, I love her. She's amazing. She is amazing. Um, she's a spark plug. Um, I met her a few years ago, and uh, we start conversating on the internet, and we start sharing footage and talking football. And at that time, she was advocating, and we were talking about why the uh, the women Olympic team or the USA team had to pay for all of their their own travel, and she was trying to make sure and figure out ways that they didn't have to do that. And you know, I saw her highlight tape, and from the highlight tape, instantly. I was drawn to her and her and her personality, you know, knowing that size, she reminded me of myself, um, just the passion for the game. You can, you can see it in her approach. And she was, she was willing and looked like a linebacker or a defensive guy on the way to the play. And it stood out. She was a beast. And, um, and she's tiny. And she's I mean, tiny. she physically, yes. you know, she's not, I mean, and she's she strong, but yes. she's, yeah. Yeah. She was a linebacker. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. 
So, you know, just watching her her growth throughout the years and her doing her camp, the Gridiron Girls, and watching her do all her thing, man, it's, it's so exciting to see the times. And for and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a total fan of uh, uh, women's football right now to see them run the plays and just to, to do what the guys are doing and to show, because it's proof, I can do it if you allow me to and say that I can. So I love it. And and, and it's almost more physical than the guys. <laughs> well, they got to prove something. Kind they of like what you're, you're right. you know, that I see now I played on the boys team okay. in third grade. I was a running back because right. of Charles White and Marcus Allen and Ricky right. Bell, you know, and I can still throw the ball. And my husband likes me to do punt returns. He okay. likes to, you know, you're catching punts. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I need uh, to see some footage. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And I can throw it still probably okay. 30 yards. Um, okay, nice. I throw a nice spiral. Okay. In fact, I was, uh, during the NFL lockouts, I was shooting a bunch of the Green Bay Packers and doing some interviews with those guys when they were, during the lockout. And the ball came in the end zone and I threw the ball and all the guys turned wow. around because I was in a nice outfit and, you know, and like in my wedges. And, you know, they're like, wow. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm a tomboy yeah. too. Right. Um, you know, but I've never, I've never felt that I couldn't do anything. Right. And that was from my mom and dad. Right. You know, if you go for it, go for it. And that's, that's, there was no limits. Why be a nurse when you could be a doctor? Right. Is how my mom said it right. to us, you know? And, and that's my approach now and why I, I've tried my hand in so many different things. Um, it's just things that I wanted to do and had the opportunity to try it. And I was okay at it or pretty good at it. And, you know, Defensively, offensively, um, regardless to what it was, paint, whatever it is, I, I feel like I can do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm stickler of the things I don't I don't like to do. Um, and some of those things might be? Dominoes and freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's a good, so dominoes is not a great Christmas present then for you? <laughs> no, nah, I don't play too many dominoes. Pink, panko or what is it, the... The one with the, what is it? The one with the sticks. Oh, the, Jenga. Jenga. Or, yeah, that uh, was yeah. actually, we played that with my nieces right. like a little while ago. I played some Jenga or something like that. But dominoes outside of family, I don't do. <laughs> um, it's too serious. Uh, you know, and I'm not serious like that unless I'm serious. So I don't do that. But thank you, Jen, for the nice compliment, Miss Jen Welter. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, Chuck, she's, 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 she's really a special lady. And that's how we know each other, right. you know. So I'm a. Uh, I thought I'd I'll reach out to Jen. Now I want to because I'm going to go back to BYU days okay. because, you know, one thing we didn't talk about and one we we did mention this on the phone is, what always comes to mind for me with any BYU player, is that they're Mormon, right. which is not a bad good thing, bad or good thing. I but what's rad I think is that the focus is so much different than it would be in a normal college atmosphere yes. in a locker room because, seventy five percent of those guys are married or getting married or have a child already. Yes. Um, so they're not out and about. No. Like the focus is just different. Yes. What was it like for you to come into that? I mean, and granted, I'm you're not Mormon, right. um, but there's some there's some wonderful things of all religions, I think, that yeah. we, but you come into like a very deep yeah, kind know, of, I mean, Provo, from, Utah is. Again, I, I like the atmosphere. Um Again, I like the people. I like that they were older. Um, and then that was another thing is they are a little bit older because they've gone on their missions since two years. Yeah, so, so, so a lot of them are real mature. And again, some of them have been married already a couple of times. So you, you get to learn how to be calm. And uh, the number one thing is there wasn't any kind of influence outside of yourself 
to do anything else. So if you kind of did it, yeah, you you either found someone to influence you or you kind of did it by yourself. But it wasn't one of the guys, you know what I mean? It was either your nature or just something that happened, but wrong place, wrong time, or you wanted to. Um, so those guys kind of taught us a lot for for most of us that came from different areas during that time. And we had a lot of people to lean on and have different conversations. I was a conversationalist. I know myself and Chad Lewis was um, one of the guys I talked to a lot. And me and Chad Lewis had a lot of deep conversations and we ended up playing for the Eagles together, uh, together as well as Ty Detmer. Um, yeah, who was uh, also coached for you. Yeah, at BYU. Yes. He was at BYU with Last you. Last year. Uh, Detmer was before me a little okay, bit. Yeah, but he was the coach by the same yes, coach. Yes, he was coached Heisman by Trophy Lavelle, won a Heisman uh, and national championship, 84. Um, so, you know, it, it was a plus to have guys that were on a different level um, mentally from where I was coming from. You know, my friends at home, man, we got into some trouble. We, You know, we were looking for it sometimes, and it, sometimes it came to us. But um, once once that team was totally different from any team that I was on because again, you know they were they were older, and you know it's kind of like having big brothers a lot. Yeah, no, it's it's always sort of uh, been a real special ingredient I yeah. think that's not talked a lot about. Yes, um, that happens. With, I mean, there's different things that bring a locker room together, yes. but there's just seems to be something because I I've a, I know Vic Soto who played for BYU as well. Right. Um, played for the Packers and for the Raiders and, uh, but, um, and Mormon as well. But I mean, it was just, there's something special, I think about it. Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, it depends on what you're, what you're looking for in, in your life. Like I said, I, it was real strategic for me to have a, um, to plan to go there and, you know, to get away from what I wanted to do and to be able to show myself on TV, the national spotlight as well. Right on. Okay, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Tim Mick, 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 MC, 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 right? MC, Mick Tire? Yes. M <laughs> MC, MC. Okay, father. You're a father, and your son not only goes on to play, plays for UNLV, now is playing for the Dolphins, plays the same position as you played. How, I mean, what, what was that like? You know, it was it was fun uh, to share that to I mean, share that journey, and um, you know, I coached him all throughout Pop Warner, um, except for when he got to high school. When he got to high school is when I got my uh, my head coaching job, and um, you know, I I scheduled two games on on our schedule to play against him and coach against him while I was doing it. Um, we both ended our high school careers at the same time. I stopped coaching. He went on to UNLV. But coming out, he had a um, he had an offer to Cal, um, and Cal got new coaches, and they decided to go in different directions. And it was real political at the time, and they waited to the last minute to tell him that they weren't going to uh, honor the scholarship. So you know, he had a couple, uh, he had two more visits. One was Wyoming, one was UNLV. UNLV was the the best choice for him um, and the family. You know, it was close to home. You know, he went in as a freshman and, um, you know, just I was always able to to have those conversations with him as far as certain situations and, you know, expectations, the language and just keep him calm. And so, you know, going up into his senior year, you know, he did well. 
started two years and, you know, ultimately became a, a free agent. Um, he did good with his time. He ran a good 4-3. Um, he had a great preseason last year, had a good um, season when he was called upon. So this is his second season. He's going to have to uh, duplicate and match what he did last year as well as being a free agent, you know. And he had guys like Coach Belk to push him. Um, and I was there to witness that. And we've had conversations about, you know, certain areas of his game um, where Coach Belk relayed to me and I relayed back. And, you know, it's, it's always good to have people that have talked to you in those situations. And Coach Belt, Coach Belton was definitely one for him and uh, I to, to continue that growth. How is you as a father, how are you able to sort of not be the soccer dad but be supportive? Um, or, I mean, it's a tough balancer. My it, parents are both former athletes as well. Yeah. And so they, they were like on the route of, you want to do it? Ride your bike. We're not going to go, or we might go, right? But don't do it because we were we're going to go. How how did you how did you do this? How did you go through this? Well, I've, I've kind of let him uh, figure out things for himself because that's how I had to do it, and I've always give him a list of things that could occur in those situations. Um, On the field or off the field? Both. Okay. Um, you know, it's almost like I would give to him what I didn't have as a coach, and most of my coaches that I've had always kept it real with me so there's there's the father side of me where I'm you know I have that advice there's the coach's side of me and I have that advice and then there's the the executive of me that has that and then there's the spectator as a as a fan of the sport so I'm able to give it to him in all angles and I, I'm not I'm not pushy like that because I don't want my push to hurt him and now it's my fault so I can't tell him that he has to do this and do that and when he do it something happens and then it's my fault or I can't tell you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I I don't want to be that guy you know although I'm a hitter I never say go out and hit because you can't do it anymore yeah um and I can well, my dad said it was cool it is cool it <laughs> yeah, is no, cool I, I, you know I think um, you get bonus points sometimes though yeah. in those locker rooms <laughs> for him and you know it, w it would be a lot of difference if some of the refs were kind of more into the game or were more knowledgeable about the game it would look similar to the Pro Bowl, but just understanding the bang bang of the of, of the game is uh, is missing now. And so, you know, he's just to a point again, this is his second year. Um and he has to put the work in like everyone else and and learn some of the the situations and the whatnots that and it's it's not really about football. It's it's really about learning the language, the terminology. They have new coaches this year, so you know no, they, they had a lot of changes last year, too. Yeah. I mean, they had they lost their quarterback in the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of – they they had a lot going on, too. I mean, which is a huge component. Yes. I mean, even though we're both not fans of, like, a quarterback-driven right. league, it, it's imperative. It's paramount now. Yeah, it is. Um, it's paramount because it's mental. Mm -hmm. um, if you tell yourself you're going to die, you're going to die, uh, you know. So a lot of it is mental, and you got a lot of – every year they go out looking for the best quarterbacks who's not going to play for $50 million in two years. You know what I mean? It's like – and then you can't play him or you can't touch him. Or, so, I mean, if, if I was to take a quarterback first pick, he needs to play. You know, for $50 million, you need to play. Um, that's just part of probably not having money growing up and understanding that if I'm going to spend that much money on something, I need to use it right now opposed to – Buying an 50 insurance. million, right, and, and sit you down for two years. So, you know, it, it's, it's, 
it's a lot of different aspects of the game. And, you know, I just try to sit back and be, be there for any questions and, you know, just share my experiences. We play pretty much all the same positions, everything the same, nickel, corner, special teams, punt, punt return. Yeah, you got, I mean, that's the way you get on, especially, I mean, yes. I think for anybody, uh, that's where you show your value. Yes. Uh, is you, you play your ass off on yeah, special, teams. special teams. That's how you're going to get a, a spot on the on the roster. Yeah, and, and you know, some guys don't play special teams coming up. Uh, I think what helped me was my freshman year at JC as, as being a, um, a running back, I also had to do all of the special teams. And that was the first time I played that much special teams outside of being a pro. I don't remember playing special teams outside of uh, maybe some kind of high school. Though is much different, though too. I mean, but yeah. not in college. But in college, I feel that a lot, a lot of players. You know, I, it's rarer now that you have a player that's playing defense, offense, and special teams. Um, USC had a a great um, player, a great kid who's playing for the Titans now. Yes, uh, Adore Jackson. Yes, you know who is it? Really, an exception because, but also a track. I mean, he was yeah. going to the, trying to go to the Olympics for right for uh for there, track. There, that's what LA is. When you look at the regions, LA is the um, athletic breed. Uh, you can get a receiver or a corner or both in one, and if you choose to use him that way, um, it's different. You know, Florida's speed, Texas is huge and speed. You know, so there's a bunch of different reasons. There are a lot of kids in college now especially from the L.A. area, that can play both ways. Miles Jack was another. Yeah, Miles uh, Jack is great. And I, I honestly thought Miles Jack could have won the uh, Heisman if he um, if he would have played it a little bit more on the fact that, man, Ty Teo almost won it and didn't play offense. So um, And had a girlfriend. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. It, was <laughs> it, was that <laughs> or not. <laughs> you know, I think it was a little bit of both. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Didn't mean to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Manti. <laughs> okay, so we're we're running. Uh, we got about okay. five more minutes. Um, I wanted to. Uh, well, one quick question though is: Does your son call you and ask you? Uh, yeah, we we talk regularly. I haven't talked um, this year in the process because I'm, I'm allowing him to figure out some more things, and uh, I've been kind of busy doing some things myself. But uh, we we talk regular. Um, you know, we go over different scenarios. Sometimes we we talk about film stuff and shows a clip, and then I'll 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 give him what a coach normally gives him. And you know, if you do that, you do this, do that, do that, do this, do that. So you know, that's that's the great part. I didn't have my dad in in those situations, and you know, if my dad was a pro, then I would have milked him for everything that he had. <laughs> and, because I do, I have figured out the cheat codes of the game, and you know, from a from a defensive aspect. Yeah, right on. Okay, now I know we didn't even get to talk about this, but do you have your? You've got a book coming out. You're you, you're a comic. You're yes. a stand-up comic. Do you have anything coming up soon that people might be able to come and see you in Los Angeles? Uh, I don't. I, I I normally like to give it a little little break, and um, I was going on right now uh, working on some of the other things that I have. I, I really like to get this book finalized, um, and I do have some like TV shows that I. Um, I've written and some some movies and so that entertainment aspect. Um, I've I've been I built the resume up for a while to where I've kind of done both for you know been in the entertainment for about twenty years. What is your favorite part about it? Uh, it it's expression. Um, I'm a, I'm a loner pretty much. I don't really talk to anybody. I don't go anywhere outside of shows or doing my radio shows. So a lot of times I want to yell 
or I want to cry or, you know, I feel like tearing some stuff up. Um, I write comedy or I write some music and it might not be worth anything, but it's just, it's an expression of brainstorm or coming up with whatever ideas to kind of keep my mind balanced and, you know, with all of the CTE stuff going on and, you know, it can get hard sometimes, uh, just being myself and I don't have that out you talked about earlier to where I can go out and try to knock someone's head off and uh, release my frustrations. Um, so that's, I think that's part of what triggers my concussion syndromes is being lonely and, you know, um, just not having the, the, the means to release that. So that's what I get out of comedy is they're really alters for me. Uh, I don't listen to rap, but I rap. Um, so it, it, I have to be into a character in order to even speak that way in that language or to, to go into comedy mode stage wise, not just sarcastically in a conversation, but stage wise and to put yourself in the Kevin Hart mode or the Eddie Murphy mode or the Martin Lawrence mode. Cause it's hard to be on stage. You know, it's not a team sport. No, well, no, but I, I like it. I, I mean, I'm on stage as well, but it's a, it's a different, I, I would feed off the energy of right. the audience, you right. know, um, but with TV, you don't have an audience right. for the most part, you right. know, so it's uh, and then stand up comic is another one because yeah. you need the response right. or that, you know, and it's um, driven. because, you know, but, but I'm an artist as well. And so my creativity as well, like, I think it's a really good balance. So that's what's happened for me and my injuries right. is it's pushed me back into my artistic, right. you know, um, painting, cooking, gardening, yes. um, illustrating, or, you know, whatever I might be doing, right. um, shooting photos, you right. know, so, um, that's awesome. Yes. Whoops. I'm almost lost. Sorry about that guys. You know, and there's a, there's a, there's a part of me where I fight from being the, the PC coach and the entertainer. That's a total fight for me. Like there's times in my entertainment, I'm like, oh, I can't say that, or I can't do that because I still have to maintain this professionalism on this side. And that, that really conflicts all of my alters. Okay. No, and now this book is coming out. You're going to make sure to follow Tim uh, on social media platforms. Best way is maybe Twitter or Instagram or uh, both. Either or. is uh, I'm kind of on both a little bit. Um, Twitter is different from Instagram and all totally different, different from uh, yeah. Facebook. Uh, my Twitter is total different. There's, that's my Utah family um, with some sprinkles. Uh, Instagram is kind of a little bit of everybody, but Facebook is power to the people. <laughs> okay, right on. So if wherever you're looking for, Tim is is not a Gemini, but he does have a diversity right, right, to offer right. you. <laughs> and uh, last question, and this is a weird one. Uh, not a weird one. Well, it's a part one and part two, but we've only got like three minutes left, I think. We got <laughs> one, one minute. minute. Okay, so one minute. Favorite sports movie? Favorite sports movie. Oh, wow. You know what? I would have to go Blue Chips right now off the top of my head. Okay. I was, I'm a Shaq fan, and uh, I was a Penny Hardaway fan as well. Okay. So. All right. And then a Space Jam with Mike after that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Not Seabiscuit, huh? No, I'm kidding. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, if, I, if I knew how to play I love the horses, Biscuit, then yeah. maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> and if there was a... Uh, well, actually, we were running out of time, um, and so... Thank you so much for making your time to come in. Um, so appreciate it and sharing some of your heart with us and your experience. Thank you for having me. I had a, a wonderful time. I was able to talk a little longer and uh, get some things off as well and speak about it. 
So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks, Cole, for running the boards. Big Cole over there. Yeah, Big Cole. with He's got the dope uh, VW uh, bus hat. Sprint van. I, I want to get one of those uh, Yeah, travel. me too. We all do. <laughs> we want the van again. Yes. All right, you guys. Uh, next week, I'll be at Chargers OTA. So you guys will have the opportunity to hear some of those interviews. Have a dynamite week. This is the Desiree Show and an awesome Memorial Day. And I'm out. Peace.